Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Welcome to the Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew, co-host of this amazing show. And we are both professors of human sexuality and sexual health. And so we love to talk about this. This is all we do all the time. Yeah. I mean, we love answering your questions about sex and sexual health and STDs and sexual communication. And I mean, we are really willing to talk about Pretty much absolutely anything at almost any time. There are some situations when people ask me sex questions and I'm like, not, oh, not the right time, like at a changing room in a gym. Like, hey, why don't we wait until we're not in the changing room? But no, we love answering your questions about sex. We've been doing this for a long time now. I think this is our fifth year of doing the sex rap and we have hundreds of episodes uh, answering questions. And I think the thing that, dri- that, that, I, that you know, I think is crazy is that we've been answering your questions for five years and there's hundreds of episodes and there are literally thousands of questions that you have submitted. So keep submitting those questions. If you have any questions about sex at all, let us know. We'd love to chat with you about them and you can reach us. You can email us. We're the sex wrap at gmail.com. That's W-R-A-P, like wrap it up. I think we're actually at six years now because we started in December 2015. So we are like, well, we're about a month and a half away from our six year anniversary. We're very close. Wow. We could send our baby to kindergarten. Our, our sex rap baby. Our sex rap. Think, think our, how awesome that kid our, would be at school. We're going to put our podcast in a cute little outfit and we're going to have our podcast hold a little sign and say, it's my first day of school. <laughs> Be the best kid ever. How are you doing today, Spring? What, what What's life like for you? Oh, well, you know, we just had Halloween. So I dressed up a lot this weekend, which is my favorite thing to do. Um, so I had a great time. I went to a couple concerts and I dressed up uh, like there was a haunted simulation hospital last Friday. And I really love the person. Ruth, I love you. I hope you listen to my show. Um <laughs> So I went and I I was dressed up and it was pretty fun. Um, there was a hand washing challenge where they put like this like super sticky dye on your hands, and I was a hundred percent clean. But everybody else they had dirty fingers. I actually call someone on my school dirty fingers now. Um, it has a different connotation than you sickos um, are thinking about. But. <laughs> I mean, of course you washed your hands perfectly. You are a germaphobe. You've been training your whole life for that contest. I loved it. I was like, I got this one. I was like, beds of my nails, in between my fingers, backs of my hands, my thumbs. Really all you do. All right. Today's episode on the sex rap, we're answering the question, how should I wash my hands? And it's no, called, this is not sing the question. happy birthday to yourself twice as you wash all of the parts of your hands with soap and water. It's, it's pretty easy. Yeah, that's it. All right. So thanks, everybody. If you've enjoyed today's, <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, we do have a really important episode. So last week we were talking about consent and alcohol, um, but this week, what are we talking about? We're talking about different types of consent and different ways that we've been taught to think about consent. So we're doing this whole month where we're getting into consent a little bit more and really getting into these um like more intricate questions that people have about consent. And so today we're going to talk about these different ways that we've been trained to think about consent and how they differ and, um, and how you might want to start to think about consent. I remember when I was first trained about consent, um, I was, it wasn't even high school. I was, I was in college. I was probably a college sophomore taking a human sexuality class. Um, and it was all no means no. Right. So if someone did something to you that you didn't like, or if you didn't want something, you were supposed to give them a forceful 
No. You remember those trainings? Yeah. And um, I mean, I think that, you know, we've had a lot of new training since then and new ways to think about consent, but a lot of people still really remember no means no. And a lot of people um, still kind of think that's what consent is because not everybody gets great sex ed. We know that. I mean, that's the reason we have this show, right? And a lot of people don't receive training and how to think about consent. And, and it really depends, you know, on whether, you go to college, um, what type of college you go to, whether it's like a college you live at, you know, um, if you're living on campus, you're going to get different things than um, whether if you don't live on campus or if you don't have the opportunity to live on campus. And so when we have all of these very different experiences that people have in their lives, now we have people with very different understandings of consent. And so, you know, that's just why we want to talk about it today. Um, Because I think a lot of people still think no means no is is the best way to think about consent. And and we're going to maybe say that that's not the best way to think about consent. <laughs> I think about all the other times in my life where I was told no, or to just say no, say no to alcohol, say no to drugs, say no to all of these things. Um, and, the, and, and Spring and I know, right, from, from our, our work, our professional lives, that telling people no is usually not a very effective way to get them to not do a thing. Just think about a toddler or a five-year-old or a 16-year-old or a 25-year-old or a 50-year-old you're trying to get to wear a mask. Um, like just telling someone to do something, like just, just say no is not that effective most of the time. Um, and we live in a pretty negative world as well. Um, I, I want I want the things in my life to be a little bit more positive, but um, like just say no, not very effective strategy overall. Um, and I think if everybody listened or if everyone bought into it, maybe it would work for sex. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I remember when I, I had my train my just say no trainings or or no means no. Um, it was almost laughable the way that people responded to it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it could be effective, but it doesn't like it doesn't resonate very well. I think so. Um, no does mean no. So when we're talking about the problems with this, we're not saying that um, it's not correct. So like if somebody says no. Yeah, that means no. That's oh, yeah. that's for 100%. sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. right? Um, but let's like look at an example. So, for example, if somebody um I'm going to just use an example and I'm going to put two names in just so we can like use this a little more clearly. So um, say there is somebody with a penis named Max and say there is someone with a vagina named, um, oh, it's so hard to just pick a name on the spot. <laughs> Susie? Lolita. Lolita. Great. <laughs> um, and so say Max is really trying to have sex with Lolita and Lolita doesn't feel like she can say no, um, but she doesn't want to have sex, but she is having trouble getting the word no out. And so she is kind of lying there and not really participating. And um, and Max continues to try to have sex with her um, and, and does penetrate her. Um, so in this instance, um, this would be rape. This would be a sexual assault if, uh, if he kept forcing himself on her and he kept like trying to, um, trying to get her to agree and was coercing her. We call that coercion. Um, but 
in the no means no model, if she didn't say no really loudly and forceful and she didn't feel like she could get that out, then it's like, oh, well, that must have been consent. And so the problem with the no means no model is that it doesn't really encapsulate all of these um, different scenarios that could happen. And so like coercion, we all can say, yes, that's sexual assault, that's rape, someone shouldn't be coerced. But in this an example, coercion is being used and maybe there isn't an option or a time when Lolita felt like she could really say no, or she felt like it was being heard, or she was trying to use body language to say that and it wasn't coming across, right? Well, I I think it's more than that too, Spring. Like if we look at gender roles in the United States, um, you know, women most of the time in the United States are like the, the norms around female gender and femininity is to be passive and to be accepting, right? Like women are not strongly told to say no over their whole life. Um, You've all heard me get upset every holiday season about how young people, especially young women, are taught not to say no. Like give your Aunt Mildred a kiss. Thank you to those of you who are responding to our Instagram post about it. But I mean, this is one of those problems. Little, Little girls especially are trained their whole lives to not be okay saying no. Or if someone presses upon you affection, right? If someone's forcing you to give them a hug, whether it's a family member or a clergy member or Aunt Mildred, right? One of these people, you're like, uh, I just guess I sort of have to smile and take it. Um, and I think one of the big problems with like femininity in the United States, right? And, and in a lot of other countries is that women are norm. Like it's been normalized for them to just sort of accept things and not give them a strong no. Right. Like and that's why I always say, like, you know, if there's a young kid in your life, like and it's a holiday and their parents try to force them to give you a hug or a kiss or touch or anything at all, like go sit on your uncle's lap, whatever it is, you like always ask them, like, hey, is this something that you want to do? And then if they don't want to do it, then you just say it like all you have to do is say no. And then we don't have to have a hug or a kiss. And then you become their favorite aunt or uncle, I can guarantee. But um Like this is a lifelong issue for women, right? It starts when they're really young um, and we see it happen. So no means no. Women are essentially trained their whole lives to not say no to unwanted physical attention and affection, rape and sexual assault, right? And, And that's the problem. Sometimes people are really afraid or their language isn't working or maybe at the beginning they're like, oh, this is kind of hot and I I feel like I might want to do it. And they have some of those weird like you know, regretted mixed signals going on, or maybe they don't really know what they want in that very moment. And that makes all of those make no, all of those issues, like, you know, the way that women are, uh, like the way that female gender roles work, the way that women are acculturated, like it makes no really difficult for them to say. And it can be that people are saying no in different ways that aren't being heard. And so with this idea of no means no, what what no means no has really taught people is it has to be a very explicit, loud no to actually no, no right? And and if you didn't hear this loud, very explicit no, then it must be a yes. And so that's the problem that we know that no's look a lot of different ways. We know that no can be really hard to say. We know that coercion can come in a lot of different ways. And so that's why we're moving past this no means no lexicon or this way of talking and thinking about consent. But absolutely, if you are with somebody and they say no, you stop. 
right? Like if someone says no at any time, it doesn't matter what kind of consent that you're used to, what kind of consent training that you've had, like you need to be respectful. Um, and hopefully people be, will be respectful of you as well. Like no is 100% okay. And it should work. Unfortunately, it's hard for a lot of people to say, and sometimes people aren't listening for it. All right. Well, we need to take a short break. When we get back, we'll keep talking about consent. Thanks, everyone. All right. Welcome back to Consent Month. Um, I'm thankful for consent. It's November. And we were just talking about no means no. Um, And we've really moved away from it. When I talk uh, to people about consent, most of the time, um, I want it to be a little more affirmative. I think no means no is kind of sex negative in some ways. There's negative connotations around it. Um, And it's sort of like a, a once and done kind of deal as well. I think that's the other big issue with it. Like if someone gets consent, it's harder to stop it along the way if you're using no means no, because you're not like, does this, it's hard from beginning to end. It's a worse overall model, um, which is why we talk a lot more about yes means yes. Right. So w- what do we mean when we say yes means yes, Spring? Well, when we're talking about yes means yes, we're talking about constantly getting yeses, checking in with someone and saying, okay, do you like this? Do you want more of this? Is this feeling good? And when you're getting yeses all along the way, then you know that that person's still involved. That person is still excited about what's happening. That person still wants to engage in the behaviors that are going on, the activities that are happening. And so when you're getting yeses, you are positive because the person is actually saying, yes, I want to do this. So it's not just an absence of a word. <laughs> it is actually agreeing to it. So that means that there is some like um, very like consideration about the question and about the issue and about what's happening and then agreeing to it instead of um, something else that can happen. I think with no means no is when people are, um, kind of out of it in some way, whether it's alcohol or drugs or just like really tired or just like thinking about something else. Like, and if they like, if they're out of their head a little bit, then like they can kind of like drift along and not really be actively involved, um, and, and making these choices. Right. But when you're constantly saying, okay, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? Then someone is forced to like, say, do I want this? Let me, think about it. Okay. Yeah. And then you're getting these agreements and you're getting these yeses. And then you know that someone really wants to be there with you. I mean, and when I talk about yes means yes, like it is effing sexy. Like if you do yes means yes, right. It means you're going to have great sex with somebody you want, who wants to have sex with you. And all those little check-ins along the way means that you're getting information like is this working? Uh, do you feel right? Is there something else you want to do? Is there a different position? Is everything hitting right? Are you okay? I mean, and you wouldn't, I mean, and you ask them in sexy ways, like, does this feel good? Or what can I do? Or like, but you just build it out to be this really sexy part of consent. Um, no means no is not necessarily a sexy kind of consent, right? It is affirming that you don't want to do something. It's like, absolutely not. No. But yes means yes means that along the way, you're you're engaged. Like you're in it with 
you know, one or more people if you're having sex with more than one person at a time. And the entire process becomes something really positive and affirming. Um, and I love it. It's, it's better communication. And Spring and I talk about communication all the time. Yes means yes. Enthusiastic consent just means that you are communicating with somebody throughout the entire sex act from beginning to end, making sure that they like it, that they feel good, that they want to continue, um, and that you're fulfilling their needs as well. Um, I love that there's like this reciprocal nature to yes means yes, where both partners are sort of checking in or, you know, more than two, two, uh, like, is this right? Does everything feel good? And what can I do to make it better? Because um, we can always get better at sex. I think the final, uh, not the final, but one of the many reasons I love yes means yes is I like to think about sex as a set of skills that you practice and that you get better at over time. And the only way that you can really practice and get better is if you're with somebody who's giving you that kind of feedback as you go along. And that's why enthusiastic consent is so great because you get to hone those skills, you get to know that person better, you get to practice, and both of you are fully vested in making sure that everybody has a good time. I love mean, I love yes means yes. It's so much fun. Well, I think that the one thing that you said about this being sexy is really important too, because it really is sexy when you, first of all, know that your partner is really enjoying what's happening because you feel better about yourself, right? You're like, oh, wow, I'm engaging with this. And this person really likes everything that's happening. So there's like this feedback loop where you're like, wow, I feel better. And then, and then it makes you want to ask more questions because it's like giving you more positive feedback. And so it's actually, yeah, it's making it sexier for you and for them. And there's this positive feedback loop and it just does feel really good. And so I think that I just want to really emphasize that to people because when some people get nervous about um, yes means yes, they say like, okay, I've already asked. Why do I have to keep asking? And one thing I want to emphasize is it, it's going to feel better and better. The more that you ask, you're going to get positive feedback. You're going to feel good. So like, why not try that? And then also some people say like, oh, they said yes. Like, I don't want to keep asking because what if they say no? <laughs> and that's my favorite question to answer here, because if you're worried that someone doesn't really want to do what you're doing, then you shouldn't be doing yeah. it. You shouldn't don't, be doing it at all. Don't have sex. If you have any doubts at all that the other person doesn't want to be doing the thing that you're doing, don't have sex with them. Yeah. Now, I mean, there are some times and places where someone's like, uh, it's not my favorite thing, but I do it because I know you like it. But with affirmative consent, you can build that in as well. You know, like everybody has different things that they love and everybody has different things that they like. And then everybody has things that they tolerate but don't love. Those are all OK with enthusiastic yes consent as well. But um, if you're afraid someone's going to say no, then then don't don't do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, there's just so much great about yes means yes. It, it gets rid of so many of those hurdles and it's so affirmative um, that you're in a situation where someone says yes. Um, there are some issues with it though, right? So just like no means no, women are also acculturated, right? Female gender roles to not say yes to sex, right? Um, they get slut shamed if they have sexual partners. They're supposed to keep their number of sexual partners low. They're supposed to be virginal and pure. Um, and yes means yes for some women, especially women, is difficult at the beginning because they feel like they're not supposed to be honest about enjoying sex, liking sex, wanting to have sex, wanting to have more sex, wanting to get pounded harder, faster, slower, less, whatever it is that they want as part of that enthusiastic consent. Some women struggle with because of that gender role. So it takes some practice. Um, 
So I highly recommend that you practice affirmative consent in non-sexual situations with your friends so you can get used to it with things like massages and watching movies and having dinner parties, like just practicing it in kind of like a goofy, easy, like low valence situation with people so that when you're in that hot and sexy situation with people, you are ready. And maybe you can even giggle about it in that context as well. Um, but it really is just like the most fun way to have sex with somebody else. The yes means yes. And I mean, let's give a little bit of example of that, I think. So Andrew was talking about, um, you know, use these questions in other ways, like use them when you're not having sex. So let's just practice that a little bit, I think, because it can be a little confusing. Like, well, how how would you use that outside of the bedroom? Um, so let's give an example where... Um, Andrew has come over to my house for dinner and I'm just like prepping dinner and getting some things ready. And so as I'm prepping dinner, um, I might want to check in with Andrew, see how he's feeling see if he's comfortable at my house. Right. So I could just say, um, Hey, Andrew, how are you? How are you feeling? Do you need anything else to drink? Right. So it's really simple questions like that. Like, Oh yeah, I'm great. Or you're not making me grow snake gourd again. Right. I do not consent to snake. Wait, do they know the snake gourd story? I don't think anybody knows the snake gourd story. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> This is a total side. It will only take 30 seconds. Um, Spring and I, when we went to college together, there was this amazing farmer's market. And there were a couple of stalls that sold the weirdest looking things. And there, it was called a snake gourd. And it was humongous. Like you could wrap it around your body like twice. And it looked like a giant snake. So Spring... It was a squash. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's a giant, giant squash. Um it looks like a, a zucchini, but it's thicker and rounder. But it, how long was that thing? It had to have at least been four or five feet at long. At least four people, feet. Yeah, it was yeah. huge. It was huge. Um, and I bought it because it was so hilarious looking. And I thought, I'll make something to eat out of this. But guess what? If a vegetable's that big, it doesn't taste good. <laughs> it tasted like awful, bitter, Growth. Don't buy snake gourd except for the the photo pic. I, I'm sure I have pictures of that somewhere. I should find I have some. Pictures of that. She has pictures of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, right. So you just practice asking those kind of questions. You can even be like, "Hey, would you like some ketchup on your fries?" Like just like easy questions. I'm just gonna ask. I'm just gonna ask. Like, does do you like this? Do you want more of this? Do you want me to get you this? Like, how are you feeling right now? I'm just checking in with him. All I'm doing is like, you know, seeing what his experience is like while he's over to my house for dinner. Right. So all of these questions are very easy, but the practice that you're getting is just practice checking in with someone, practice checking in, practice like lots of little questions, lots of little questions, not just one time. Right. So that's the thing. Like I want to keep checking in with him and, um, I just want to like, make sure that like he's feeling comfortable in my home, that there's anything I can get for him. Right. Because all of those things are very similarly mapping onto the bedroom. Right. Because all you're doing is checking is this person having a good time? Do they feel comfortable? And that's that's the same thing I'm doing when Andrew's at dinner at my house. It, sure, it's a different activity that we're engaging in, but the process is the same. I want him to have a good time. I want him to enjoy himself. I want him to feel comfortable. It's really easy to. You can do it with friends. You can do it with sexual partners. Like affirmative consent is nice because it makes sure that, you know, you're communicating and that everybody understands the needs and the desires of everybody around you. So huge fan of yes means yes. And I like enthusiastic yes means yes as well. Not just like a, a coy yes, but like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. 
I mean, the other great thing about it, right, is if something isn't okay during sex, and that happens to all of us, right? Even if you've been with your partner for a long time, sometimes something isn't great. You don't feel good, or you're not going to get off, or something feels a little bit off. If you're using this a kind of enthusiastic yes means yes, a no can come up in the middle of enthusiastic consent, and then you can take a second, stop, and be like, oh, are we going to stop the whole act? Or we do we need to change position? Or do we need more lubricant? Or is there something else that's going on? Right? It allows a complete readjustment to make sure everybody's needs are being fulfilled. It's fun. Give it a try. If you don't use enthusiastic consent, like like practice. Just just try it a few times and you'll find out how it is fun and it is really sexy. There's one time where it's not really sexy. It's something that I do where I ask too many questions. I ask questions all the time in all aspects of my life. Um, so if you've been with someone for a while, sometimes it's okay to take a step back and not ask every 30 seconds what's going on if everything's okay. But you'll find the right medium when you're with people, right? It's more than once. It's multiple times. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't have anything else to say. Give it a try. It's fun. Well, I think that, you know, um, we're talking about practicing this because it's really important and it is a skill. So we don't want to say like, oh, the first time you do it, it's going to feel really comfortable. Even if you've practiced, it is different for a lot of people. And, and it, and yeah, it can be scary because what if someone says they don't like something? What if somebody says like they want to stop? And I think let's talk about that a little bit. So if someone says like, oh, I don't really like that, you can ask follow-up questions. It doesn't need to like immediately stop everything, right? So if someone says like, oh, well, this isn't my favorite, then you can say, okay, cool. Like what would you like instead? Or what is another way that you... Um, that you might enjoy something like this. And so sometimes it does lead to some redirection, right? It's not always just yes, 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 yes. So sometimes you're going to get some redirection. Sometimes you're going to say like, okay, um, actually this is starting to feel a little raw or not so great anymore. I need a little break. Sometimes you're going to hear that. And when you hear these things, I think that one way to frame it to really like understand, um, the purpose of this type of consent is to really be excited about that, to be excited, like that your partner feels comfortable communicating honestly with you, that your partner is able to tell you what they want and need and that they can help guide you and help shift things so that they are having the best, most amazing experience they can have as well. And, and I, I want to say like, don't be afraid of those redirections and be afraid. Don't be afraid of those. Like, let's take a pause type things, because that means that you're really giving these opportunities to your partner to like really feel comfortable. And when a partner really feels comfortable with you, the overall sex is going to be better. And long term, like your relationship is going to be better and everything is going to be better because you have these skills, right? So like, even if it feels uncomfortable a little bit, even if it feels like, oh, I'm nervous doing this, what might happen? Um, the long-term effects are only positive. So I, I think keep trying practice in little ways and then keep trying it when you're, um, engaged in sexual activity with someone. I have another funny yes means yes story just happened a couple weeks ago when I was teaching about it. Um, so I had a, so I, I talked to my students about it. I'm like, you know, you should give it a try. Um, and I had a female student in the class say like, I used it with my partner 
And the funniest thing was that like he was going to pound town like jackhammer mode. Uh, and I was like, all right, we need we, we need to stop. And the funny part of the conversation was like uh, a lot of men learn how to have sex from pornography that does not have any of these kinds of consent built in. So you have to rework that model. But using enthusiastic yes consent, her boyfriend learned for the first time after they'd been together for multiple years that ladies don't like the jackhammer. So, but thank you, enthusiastic consent, helping one guy figure out. The end of the story was he didn't like it very much either, but he thought that's what he was supposed to do to help get her off because he learned about sex from porn and they had never had that conversation up until that point. So using enthusiastic yes consent, they were actually able to have much better sex where both of them felt better and were able to, to get off without the influence of pornography as well. So fixing pornography with enthusiastic consent. Yeah. I mean, it's just opening up communication, right? And and we know that people have a lot of trouble talking about the actual specific activities they're doing in bed with someone. So yeah, it opens that up. It gives you this um, pretty easy method of kind of navigating that. So it's amazing for that. Well, I think we are probably at the end of our episode uh, for this week. So we're going to keep talking about consent for the rest of this month. Make sure you check out our Instagram. Um, we're doing a lot more check-ins and, and uh, connections between the shows and episodes there. Um, if you have any questions or follow-up questions about this episode, we'd love to hear from you. We'll answer any question you have about sex or relationships or sexual health or pretty much anything else. Um, you can send us your questions through email. We're the sexwrap at gmail.com. That's W-R-A-P. You can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT. And you should check out our social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Sex Rap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school or just too af <laughs> music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious breakmaster cylinder the podglomerate a sonic universe